You think back to the early days of Take the Lead, we'd sup on a cocktail and we'd put the world to rights. And now I sup on a cocktail and I'm fast asleep <laughs> on the sofa within about five minutes. <laughs> Welcome to How to Take the Lead, the podcast where we challenge the myths and stereotypes of what it means to be a leader today and help you to succeed in post without compromise. I'm Lee Griffith. And I'm Carrie-Anne Wade. And together we will be your guides, questioning everything we've ever learned about leadership, sharing our experiences along the way, and inspiring you to make a real impact in your role. Visit howtotakethelead.com for show notes, past episodes, and to join our community. Enjoy this episode. Welcome in the giggles at the start oh listeners do Sorry. not need to know what the start of trying to record this episode has felt like for the two of us but let's crack on um just that was almost that newsreader moment when that's what I was doing <laughs> oh, right was you were actually doing that on purpose yeah yeah like, no. <laughs> um welcome to this episode of how to take the lead with me Carrie-Anne and the lovely Lee hello Lee how the devil are you I'm I'm okay. I um I wish I was like turning up with the yay go 2024. We've got this. You you can manage anything vibes. But I'm but listener, I'm going to be honest. I'm not feeling it. I'm t- I'm a bit tired. I've I've uh, which is it's going to be quite um relevant this this episode because whilst I I do try to practice all the things we're probably going to preach today. <laughs> even then it can still all go a bit a bit awry it just yeah. goes a bit awry sometimes doesn't it and and you know what I'm loving what you are practicing though being open transparent and honest so you're doing all the things that we say we want leaders to do so thank you for sharing and sorry to hear that you're feeling a bit jaded I too am feeling a bit lackluster on the energy yeah. front I, yeah. and I'd love to say it was too much partying but it absolutely isn't no, no. I, what is a party? I party? think I've got that age now. You, I, you think back to the early days of take the lead. We'd sup on a cocktail and we'd put the world to rights. And now I sup on a cocktail and I'm fast asleep <laughs> on the sofa within about five minutes. <laughs> no cocktails for us. I've got my cup of tea at the ready, not a G and T to record this episode. Anyhow, this isn't what the listeners have tuned in to hear us talking about. But before we get into the good stuff. Uh, of this episode. I'm just going to remind people uh, where you can find us, engage with us, tell us what you think, leave us ratings or reviews. So we are on all of your favourite podcast platforms. So whichever is your desired listening platform of choice, you can find us there. You can visit the website howtotakelead.com where you can sign up to our Substack community where you can get engaged in conversations with other like-minded leaders um, and if you are a paid up member of that Substack community with every episode you get some extra special exclusive content um, with prompts and tools and tips and resources and all sorts of things to help you to actually put into practice some of the things that we have talked about in the episode um, and for those of you who are dulcet tones are not enough and you'd like to see our faces We are also over on YouTube and, of course, we are on Instagram if you want to engage with us on the socials. Have I forgotten anything, Lee? No, no, I think that was pretty pretty robust in terms of (laughs) housekeeping. Thank you very much. So housekeeping done. Let's get on to the topic for this episode of How to Take the Lead. 
And it is something that I think we have referenced before in other episodes of the podcast. Um, But I'm not sure how much of a full and well-rounded conversation we've had about it. But uh, I wanted us to focus a bit of time and energy on talking about self-leadership today. And I think it's a term that we're hearing a bit more of now. Um, uh, Self-leadership is a a thing. Um, And I just thought it would be helpful for us to talk about what we think self-leadership actually means, what that looks like and um, why it matters. So uh, that was the first question I was going to pose, Lee, for listeners uh, of this episode. Um, What actually is self-leadership? And when you look it up, it's really interesting because if you Google self-leadership, so I did a bit of a Lee and put it in Google, there are actually all sorts of different definitions Mm. of self-leadership. So for the context of us having this conversation, uh, how would you describe self-leadership? So for me, in the context of being at work, I always say it's how are you creating the right conditions for either high performance or to be successful, however you might define that success to be. So I think for me, and I I love a bit of self-leadership, it's one of the three things that I focus on in the work that I do with my clients. And I always say it's all the stuff that you perceive to be leadership for others, but doing that for yourself. And and it starts in a premise that you can't lead others well if you don't know or can't lead yourself to begin with. It's that it's almost like, you know, when you're in an airplane and they say you've got to do your oxygen mask first before helping others. That's how I see self-leadership. You can't lead others if you don't know how to lead yourself well. So there's a whole load of stuff in that, which I'm sure we'll get into what actually makes up your self-leadership style. But as a headline, I think it's all about the conditions you're creating. Um, and it goes hand in hand with personal leadership um, strategy, which we've spoke about in a previous episode, and your communication style. Those are the three things that I think are completely like interwoven, linked, cogged, bucketed up, however you wish <laughs> Whatever to display description it. <laughs> you want to use. But I, I love that. And I absolutely loved what you said. And it really resonated with me, Lee, about um, it's all the things that you do to lead others, but doing it for yourself. I haven't actually paraphrased that perfectly because you said it much more eloquently than that. But Absolutely. And it's a bit like that age old saying, isn't it, about um, taking your own advice. And it's often easy to give everyone else really good advice, Mm. but much harder to take it for yourself. So there's something for me about being intentional in that space uh, around creating those conditions and putting things in place that enable you to feel like you're taking some level of control over that self-leadership. So I think that's really helpful context to kind of frame the conversation um, today. And you specifically mentioned actually when you started that conversation about um, self-leadership for you in the workplace means. Um, Mm. And I appreciate there's some level of self-leadership you can do in your personal life as well. But I was wondering why does self-leadership matter in the workplace? What's, you know, what's its significance in that particular setting? Because obviously that's where we're talking about being a leader in that professional space. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it matters because how you show up matters as a leader. So yeah, if you're turning up and you're chaotic in the way that you work, you're going to create stress and chaos amongst your teams. 
if you don't have boundaries, you're probably not going to respect boundaries of others, which can cause resentment and erodes trust. If you don't look after yourself, you're going to burn out or, or, or a variation of that eventually. So everything that you do to yourself sets a tone and sets a precedent for your team. And it gives a really strong message about your expectations and standards and and basically contributes to the culture that you're creating. And so that's why I think it is so, so important because it's, it says so much. Absolutely. Setting the tone actually was exactly the, um, the phrase that I'd written down when I was thinking about us having this conversation. It's that role modelling, isn't it, to other people mm. around what behaviours are acceptable, standards, all of that kind of stuff in, in the workplace. And I'm sure we've all got examples of, and probably more examples of the bad times than the good times yeah. in fact whereby um you know i recall working for a leader uh, i think i've used this example before back in the day of the blackberry when your little light used to flash when you got an email and there was almost some sort of unwritten rule that had been created by the way that that leader operated and the tone that that leader set that if mm -hmm. they if they decided to send you an email at 9:30 at night that you would respond and actually yeah you know, there was almost this culture within the team that when when they contact us out of hours, even if we're not on call, we better respond because otherwise tomorrow is going to be such a hideous day because the way that leader will treat us will be really bad. So there is yeah. something in there, isn't there, about that role modelling? But it's it's so easy to find the bad examples and sometimes harder to find the good ones. Yeah. Well, the the flip of that is I do I am noticing more and more often with people's um email signatures um well there's, there's two there's email signatures where they go you know i might be sending this outside of normal working hours but i don't expect you to respond outside of your normal working hours that's really clear about i'm doing what works for me but that doesn't mean that works for you similarly um there was a chief exec that i was in touch with and i got a auto response back when i sent him an email and it told me that uh, he only checks his emails a couple of times a day and this wasn't the most effective way to get hold of him and therefore you know you can either wait for a response but if it's urgent this is how you get in touch and I think it's that real clarity it sets boundaries it's clarity in your communication it's about the standard that you set and that you expect from others and I think so I do think I'm I feel like I'm more aware and noticing it more and more from people yeah I absolutely agree and I love that actually about the out of office like auto response I think I might mm. give that a go that's really I really like that that's good and and for me as well it's like and I know we'll go on probably to talk about some practical things that you can do because you've said boundary setting and that's something that I'm really passionate about and a big part for me around around my own self-leadership and then role modeling that to other people but I also think there's something in there for me around the well-being piece so while mm. we are talking about um, self-leadership mattering in the workplace I do think it matters because it is about your own well-being but also the well-being of yeah. the people that you're leading yeah. and actually how some of what you might be demonstrating through self-leadership is about prioritizing you know, personal well-being, maybe your mental health over some of the other things that uh, certain leaders or organisations might deem to be more important. And as you've said, that all impacts on the culture and the tone of your organisation that then, mm -hmm. as we've talked about in other episodes of, of How to Take the Lead, goes on to influence performance and all of that kind of stuff. So um, hugely important for sure. Um, I was going to move us on a little bit, though, because 
we've given a couple of examples about what self-leadership might kind of mean and why it matters. But is self-leadership something that can be learned? Because I think with all of these things that we kind of coin a, I'm going to do a lean now and do a lean and coin a phrase or coin a term for, and self-leadership feels like Mm. a term that's maybe kind of come from that self-care space, which has been quite a popular way to to describe a certain way of being. Is self-leadership something that people can learn or is it something that kind of you have to sort of have to be about more naturally in order to demonstrate it? So yes, I think it's something you can learn, but I think it's also something that's always a work in progress. You're never perfect at it because you adapt and change, your context in which you operate in adapts and change, all of these things almost like shifting sands around you which means you're constantly having to check in and evolve and understand um so yeah I think it is something that you learn I think it is also inextricably linked with um your vulnerabilities and where you feel most exposed in the way that you lead and therefore it requires you to have some courage to work on it and to tackle it you need that self-awareness, you need to have acceptance of where there are challenges and areas of opportunity for growth. You need to have real practical management um, approach to tackle some of that stuff. And yeah, you need to have a growth mindset. So yes, I think you can learn it, but you need to come in the right headspace to to accept that it is something that you need to constantly work on. Yeah, And I find it interesting because um, a lot of the, I, I said at the beginning, this is something that I work on with a lot of my clients, but I would say 90% of the time when the clients come to me, regard, you know, they don't come to me going, I want to work on my self-leadership. They'll come with a problem or an issue where they they feel like they're not making the impact that they want to make in their organisation, in their team. And it will whittle down to self-leadership in one way, well, strategy and communication as well. But it, we always tend to be working on this constantly and it's how they manage their stress and the pressure of the role. It's it's about them getting clarity in what they need to do in their role and what they're asking of other people in the role. So yeah, it's it's an all-encompassing thing that, that you need to embrace. <laughs> And it, Sorry, that was a long way of going <laughs> no, around. Not at all. And it's back to that point you made about it's those three things coming together, isn't it? The the strategy, the communication and the self-leadership. So it isn't really a surprise to me when I hear you say, actually, when you whittle it all down, the issues that you're working with with your clients can often um, come down to some sort of need um, in that self-leadership space for that growth and, and that development. And I, I am in agreement with you and interested in what you say about that growth mindset, because I absolutely do think self-leadership is something that can be learned, but it probably comes more naturally to some people than it does to others. If you are a person who, um, you know, is naturally curious, naturally wanting to yeah. constantly grow and evolve and develop yourself. And if you're a person who's maybe not as open to that, then you will probably find kind of thinking about self-leadership a bit more challenging and a perhaps a bit more uncomfortable and and you talked about it's actually having that insight isn't it really into Mm. the need to actually self-lead and to grow Mm. and develop in that space so without that insight and that open-mindedness it it probably will feel 
more difficult and like something that sounds like quite an alien thing to people. But I'm very hopeful that listeners of How to Take the Lead are in that growth mindset and that's why they're they're listening to to the podcast. But sorry, well, we, I was no no I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say it does it does feed back into the bigger question around when we when we say you know what is a leader and showing up as a good leader and are you a leader if you're not exhibiting certain attributes mm. and so that that self-awareness self-growth um agenda almost is 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 a key part of being a leader and if you're lacking that then do you have the quality to be a good yeah. leader is, is the question, isn't it? And and it's that openness and transparency around that, isn't it? And I was saying earlier, it's it's easy to pick out all the times you've had bad leaders or you mm. know challenging things have been uh, happening, and it's hard to pick out the good, the, you know, more of the good things, particularly in this space. But I do recall working for a chief executive who absolutely, what I loved about working with them was that they were they had the real insight and they were really honest about the things that they found really difficult and one of the things that they found really difficult was because they they got very operational but they'd actually go I know I'm being too operational here because I have a tendency to move into that space when I personally feel stressed because I like to Mm. feel that I'm in control and I thought well even if they've not managed to always crack the fact that they're becoming a bit operational the fact that they've actually recognised that in themselves as an area where they need to develop and they have that insight is a really good sign that they are mm. somebody who is trying to practice self-leadership. So there are good examples out there. It's just, I think, sometimes easier to to latch on to the, to the more challenging one. But for me, it's definitely back to that point about being intentional in that space, really. Yeah. Like, it's not something that just happens by chance you don't you know it's just by coincidence that I'm focused on self-leadership I think you have to be really intentional and focused in that space and and because there are so many as I said right at the beginning there's so many things that can make up your self-leadership there might be some stuff that you've that feels pretty natural to you and comes comes as a second nature and then there are the things that you need to lean into so you might be really clear on this is my leadership style and this is my approach and my values and what I stand for um you might have really poor boundaries you might be a people pleaser and that's that's an area you've got to work on you might um be working in the weeds and then that's demonstrated through micromanaging people and not being clear on what your setup is and the type of schedule and rhythm that you work to it might be that you're not that clear in how you're communicating said back you might be clear on your boundaries but you're not actually communicating it to someone so there's so many different angles in which you come at it when you are looking at that self-leadership piece and some you'll be you'll be naturally great at and others will will be a constant work in progress yeah the the people pleasing and boundary setting is what really resonates with me and it's something that I talk a lot about with um people that I mentor and interestingly it seems to be the biggest game changer for people Mm. when they're struggling with self-belief or confidence or having the impact that you talked about wanting to have in their team or organization or about really being able to demonstrate their value quite a lot of it seems to come back with the people that I work with to that boundary setting bit and like you say some of it is the 
how comfortable do you feel in setting a boundary? And some of it is about, are you actually communicating to other people what those boundaries are so you can really establish them? And as a slight digression, I actually saw something on social media earlier with Sharon Stone uh, talking about the fact that when she was, well, this is how she describes it. She said, when I was a people pleaser, everybody loved me. Like everybody (laughs) liked me. As soon as I started to put boundaries in place, less and less people liked me but actually Mm. I was okay with that because other parts of my life became richer for me for having put those boundaries in place so I think sometimes in that self-leadership space whether it's boundary setting or or something else you sometimes have to be okay with sitting in the discomfort of not quite getting it right or working out what it is that you need to do um, to progress. Sorry, I had a really unnatural pause then because I thought you were going to say something. No. <laughs> so let's cut it, that bit. <laughs> cut that bit. Whoever's doing the edit, please cut that bit. So we've started, I think, to work into this space a little bit now about some practicalities because you've given a few examples working in the weeds, boundary setting. Um, so I wondered, Lee, if you could start to describe what self-leadership might look like in your daily life as a leader because I think it feels like quite a grand term and we've Mm. talked about needing insight and the opportunity to reflect and understand where you might you know need to do more in that self-leadership space Mm. where you might naturally be doing okay and I sort of thought practically if you were listening to this and self-leadership is something that you've maybe not come across before it might be quite hard to think about what that looks like for you as a leader so have you got any thoughts or descriptions you can kind of give us as to what self-leadership looks like in your daily life as a leader yeah um yes carry on (laughs) yeah I have that was very like I certainly have carry on you've asked the right person (laughs) it's like a blue peter that's one I prepared earlier um (laughs) so for for me I think and and it i I was thinking about this earlier and has it changed when I left my corporate world and, and now run my own business or or have my self-leadership approaches been similar, but just the outcomes and outputs have changed. And I think it's probably the latter. So at the heart of it is obviously who who I am, what my what my style is, how I want to be, um, people to interact with me what they're going to get from me when they interact with me so friendly hopefully that's how I come across not too serious but I will kind of call out the bs when when I hear it and I can be quite direct in in that um, effect my values hopefully shine through particularly integrity and authenticity and all of that so I've got my kind of who I am as a person then I've got the how do I approach work? So for me, that is what's the type of work that I undertake? Who are the clients that I like to work with? Where where do I want to invest my energy and attention day in, day out? In in the corporate world, that could be going back to that leadership strategy conversation that we had in a previous episode, the types of things that I really enjoyed and excelled versus what, what I didn't think I was that great at. So clarity in, in that part. Um, how I manage my day-to-day-ness because I think that's a really important thing so the boundaries around 
what days I work. I'm really clear around what are my working days in my business and what aren't, what are my client facing days in my business and, and when do I work kind of behind the scenes? What are the hours that I work? What's in and out of scope of the work that I do with clients and, and being clear with them from the outset so that I'm setting that context and clarity around what they can expect from me at, at what point and sticking to that if they try and challenge it in a really nice way. Uh, it's about my self-care, so how I look after myself, how I make sure I'm taking regular breaks. I'm eating well, I'm exercising. Again, when I was in my corporate world, and I see this with some of the clients that I, I talk to, it's all well and good. You working really long hours and being the first in the office and the last to leave and never taking a break and, th and think it's you know, hero mentality because you've wolfed down a sandwich and given yourself indigestion. But what's that telling other people? Yeah. And when you when you behave like that. Yeah, as well as telling other people that that's the expectation you have of how they'll behave, that you're potentially doing yourself a disservice because actually that can be perceived as you being somebody who's not really that in control and can't manage yeah. their workload and their priorities exactly. in the sort of, I could say normal, whatever normal is, like the, the normal hours or, you know, way in which other people yeah. would do it. So absolutely that hero mentality is something that I do really yeah. struggle with. And I see a lot, you know, with leaders that I work with in the comms profession, if I'm honest, like it's and, almost and that it's proving, proving I'm yeah. doing great uh, How things. busy I yeah, am yeah, 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 and, yeah. and all of that, you know, that's not, that's, you're not doing anyone any favours by saying how busy you are all the time. Um, it just shows you're probably not really in control of what you're what you're working on, or you don't have your boundaries in place. See, and it can be quite disrespectful to other people, actually, if you're coming across like that person who's always super busy but too busy for you because I've yeah. got all these really important yeah. things to do. It yeah. can be very disrespectful for of other people who might need some of your time and energy and uh, you know knowledge for stuff, but you're just far, far, far too busy to to give it to them. So I can see that that's yeah, yeah got a lot of downfalls. <laughs> to operate so, in that way so I take the kind of who I am how I'm showing up how I'm looking after myself as the three things that I'm constantly checking in and it is a constant check-in it's bringing awareness to all those parts and bringing awareness to my and the emotional kind of intelligence part how am I making other people feel how do I feel um and is that something that I'm happy with does it feel aligned with what I'm striving to do and do you know what I, I think you saying that and we're like we're a thing of threes today I feel yes. like but you're you know <laughs> who you are how you're showing up and how you're taking care of yourself is a really nice fairly simple way um to try and explain that but I think it can be really easy for some leaders to feel totally comfortable in the space of who I am because they've probably mm. done a lot of work on personal values and all of that kind of stuff but actually probably a bit more challenging in that space of how am I showing up, but also yeah. how am I taking care of myself? And when you were talking, Lee, it was making me think in that how am I showing up space about um, I can already see that there might be people listening going, well, it's really easy to show up in the way that Lee's just described because she runs her own business and she works for herself and she has that autonomy and freedom of choice. And really easily get sucked into this space of like I work for the you know 
big corporation or whatever and I and I work for someone else even though I'm a leader and I don't have the opportunity to do that but I would really challenge people mm. particularly those in leadership positions I but I think everyone to some level has a degree of autonomy around how they spend their working day there will always be things that we are required to do um, and deliver but the way in which we choose to do that we do have a level of control over and I appreciate that's varying degrees maybe depending on what your role is but absolutely you can be choosing which meetings are of most benefit for you yeah. to be present at and turning down the meetings where absolutely there's no value add for you being there for you or for other people in the room mm. but some of that requires maybe again back in that uncomfy space having some challenging conversations because you're not just saying yes to everything you're making some choices about how you are operating so I was really intrigued by what you said about like kind of managing yourself and actually how you operate on a day-to-day basis because I think there would definitely be some people who would be more comfortable saying well I don't have a choice and I genuinely don't believe that that's true (laughs) but it's it's how you you know if if thinking about and you're right on the organizational front it is different obviously it's easier for me running my own business what I choose to do and how I choose to engage but even when I worked in corporate and the work I do now when I'm supporting leaders to go through this process for themselves and for them to determine and it's simple things like how am I giving permission to my PA to be a better gatekeeper for me and to filter things because I'm being pulled into the weeds and people are trying to bypass process and procedure to come to me because they'll think I'll come and rescue. So if I've got clarity in what it is I'm trying to achieve, how am I enabling those around me to be supportive and give them permission to do the jobs that they need to do? When I when I worked in corporate, I'd be doing things like putting together, um, not putting together, putting aside half day every now and then where I would work just on strategy stuff. And I, I've seen many chief execs do that where they'll, they'll spend a couple of hours, whether it's once a week, once a fortnight, where they are not, you know, it's closed door or they might not be on site, but they're doing that bigger picture thinking that only they can do. I used to put buffers around my meetings so that people couldn't just bounce me from one thing to another to another. And I'd be really grumpy about, you know, if I wasn't getting my food. (laughs) She's really friendly, apart from when she's not had her lunch. (laughs) But I would be, you know, how am I finding time to get up and have a walk about and go and get some food? And yeah, of course, I would sit. I would sit and eat my lunch at the desk like most people do at some point. Sometimes that was through choice. But and I would just be reading, I don't know, a newspaper or catching up on something that was a different type of thinking from the drudgery of the the day to day. Sometimes I'd be making sure I was going out or going to sit in the canteen because I wanted to be more visible and people to see that I wasn't always just sat at my desk so these are all choices you you get to make absolutely and and you don't get to make them just because you're a leader so some of the things you talked about um you know sometimes people operate in chaos and that's not a good sign and that's something that from a self-leadership point of view you need to work on and really small changes but really practical things have helped me to feel less chaotic in my Mm. working life and feel like I'm exercising some level of control so I've completely changed the way that I write my to-do list so I used to be the queen of 
one massive great big long list where something might randomly be crossed off in the middle of it but I've added 10 things on the bottom and it's like never ending and now I do mining columns where I've got like my five minute jobs my sort of half an hour tasks that need a bit more input from me and then I've got like my projects which require more time and I couple that with time blocking in my diary for all of those different things so like you say you can't just bounce me in and out of meetings because I've blocked out an hour to do two of my 30 minute tasks on that day Mm -hmm. because I know I need to get them done or having my three non-negotiables this week that I have to achieve which I will prioritize over anything else that comes in that week so there there are lots of really practical things you can do I think to just help you manage yourself and the way that you are showing up in the workplace but as you say also role model to others that it's okay for them to do that as well and I think for me that's a really important part of it so while we are talking about self-leadership and doing it for you today I do think those points we made earlier about what tone that sets in your organization and how you role model to others is really important because that is about the culture that you start to create for sure and I think it's even we we often talk about you know where's leadership going to go how a workplace changing the fact that you've got multi-generations now People are going to take different things in the way that you behave and act. And the fact that people maybe are working from home more or working in a more flexible environment. Again, boundaries might look different. Ways of working might look different. How you look after yourself might be different because actually you might need to physically get away from your desk if you're just sat on Zoom calls all day getting up and about and and saying that that's okay yeah and there's something you mentioned earlier and it was making me think about it when you said about that flex based on different generations but also like things flex because things different things happen in your organization Mm. or in your role as a leader that you're not always going to have control over but that you might need to be intentional about how you choose to manage and you know some of that might be about how you're showing up but some of it might also be about looking after yourself and I know we've talked before about you know times when organizations are in crisis or sort of long-term crisis and leaders feel like they just have to keep going and keep going and keep going but actually that that bit that's more about self-care is really important isn't it take a break be able to breathe reflect like have that opportunity to step away from something because fundamentally it will be better in the long run for you to do that so I guess back a bit to that hero mentality that we were talking about but I think that kind of chunking it into the three is a really good way to start to look and assess kind of the areas where you you might be doing really well but the areas where there's still a need for development Mm. and think about the really practical things that you can put in place in your daily life as a leader So um, I've just noticed how long we've been talking for and I knew this would be something that we would want to talk a lot about. But as is always our tradition with how to take the lead, we like to leave the conversation with something there for our listeners. And I just wondered if this is a topic that interests the listeners, how can they start to develop further in this space? Have you got any top tips, resources, things you want to signpost people to? to help them really start to think about self-leadership in a different way if it's something they've not considered before. Yeah. I mean, rewind this episode and go back and <laughs> make a note, <laughs> Listen again. Make a note <laughs> of some of the prompts. But I think for me, it's um, starting from a point of clarity. So 
how are you leading yourself? And it's asking that question of, yeah, when I'm leading myself well, I am doing X, Y, and Z. So being really specific of the things that, that you think happen when you're leading well. And then ask yourself the counter question, when I'm being ineffective, I am X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. And, and it's a good opportunity to get feedback from, from people around you as well to find out like how you're showing up well and when when things might be challenged because it might be certain contexts it could be certain situations it could be one of those particular areas we've covered in terms of um self-leadership i think there's something about asking yourself what might be getting in the way of you showing up as the type of leader that you want to be um and i do an exercise with my clients when we are working through their personal strategy and one of the questions I always ask them is, to achieve this, what will I need to do differently? And it it brings some real clarity in some big ticket areas of where things might need to start to shift. Um, and I would say this, but I do genuinely believe this, working with a coach can be really helpful to, to ask those slightly more challenging questions. It's not about, a coach won't tell you what to do, but they will help you to take ownership yourself of the need to change. And I think my final point is the the thing that I talked about earlier, which is this is a constant cycle. So make sure you've got that regular check-in with yourself and with others about how you're doing. Have some types of goals so you can see the difference and, and you're evidencing the changes that you're making. And um, look at how am I developing my skills? How am I developing my self-awareness? How am I developing and growing as a leader? I'm loving the blankety blank style prompts with the like fill in the blanks. And I'm another niche reference that only some of our listeners might get. And um, I also think that is the killer question, isn't it? That achievement question, like what do I need to do differently in order to achieve this? I think it's such a good question. So I don't disagree with anything you said. And I'm actually really glad you brought feedback in because I think we end up talking about feedback on pretty much every episode of How to yeah. Take the Lead. But how are you doing that testing? Um, I think is really important because what you perceive and what others are experiencing mm. might be might be a bit different. And I guess the only extras I would add is in this space for me, I have really uh, enjoyed some of Brené Brown's conversations, particularly around Dare to Lead. So the book, but she's on podcasts, she's TED Talks. Mm. And I think she does provide some challenge in that space that isn't just about leadership, but is about self-leadership. Um, and yeah. I also think some of the things that we've talked about, particularly in the kind of how you're showing up and the um, the kind of self-care piece, how you're looking after yourself, are about habits and forming some good habits. So um, I would also recommend um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey if people wanted a read. And I realised I haven't given a book recommendation for a while, so I thought I would throw those in uh, to end the conversation. So I know yeah. we could talk about this uh, more. I'm sure we'll revisit some of this as it is appropriate in uh, future episodes. But um, I want to say thanks for sharing, Lee. I feel a bit inspired now to kind of revisit my own thinking around self-leadership. So um, thanks for the mini coaching uh, for me today <laughs> and for the listeners. Um, and uh, I hope people enjoyed this episode. And until next time, uh, we'll talk again. See you anon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit follow to make sure you get the next episode. 
And if today's discussion resonated, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We also have our Substack community where you can get behind the scenes info, ask us anything sessions, and build your network with like-minded leaders. Visit howtotakethelead.substack.com to find out more. And if you want to work with us to challenge and change leadership in your organisation, get in touch by dropping us an email, howtotakethelead at gmail.com or DM us on the socials. Until next week, get out there and take the lead.